Got it. Wait, I need a minute. We, we signed Cam Newton again. I can't believe it. <laughs> Damn it. Let's go. Let's go. We're on. We're on. We're on. And I'm Mohammed Khalid. And Cam Newton is my savior. Welcome. All right, let's go. I Cam. All right, three, two, one. And we are on. Hello and welcome to Sports Unhinged. My name is Mohammed, and I'm welcoming back Coach Mark and Eugita. But today, yeah. we welcome back a very <laughs> special guest, Darla, by popular demand. Uh, you are back here to talk about Aaron Rodgers, our resident Green Bay Packers fan, to give us a genuine perspective from the Green Bay Packers fan base. Uh, I'm a bit you know- on edge today, guys. I'm a bit on edge. <laughs> You know, I just, Mohammed, I was uh, I was really kind of nervous about coming back on after everything that's been happening this week with Aaron Rodgers until you know today. Yeah, so, Sam yeah. Newton back in Carolina. You know, I just got I the news that- an hour ago. It's one of those things you know exactly where you were when you got the news. Um, <laughs> we need to change topics real quick. I'm I'm, I'm devastated. <laughs> Coach, you're missing the feathers. You're missing the feathers on that, uh, whatever hat you're trying to put on right now. But anyways, yeah, we'll get to it in a bit. Uh, Let's start with the Aaron Rodgers topic. I'm back. (laughs) That's perfect, Coach. Get the hand back. (laughs) Complete the accessories. (laughs) Oh, boy. Love it. All right. All right. Guys. (laughs) (laughs) all right right. we can do this we can do this all right aaron Rodgers. we can (laughs) so the nfl fined aaron Rodgers and lazard fourteen thousand dollars uh this week they fined the green bay packers three hundred thousand uh for what they said was a few isolated incidents uh, of uh, Aaron Rodgers not wearing a mask and him and Lazard attending a a party. Um, we spent a lot of time on this last week. We were outraged. I spoke to a few Green Bay Packers fans that I knew, and they thought it was no big deal. So, Darla, give it to us straight. What? How do you yep. guys feel? <sighs> well, I'll tell you how I feel. Um, I I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a super rule follower, but I definitely am a rule follower. But um, one of the things that was discussed a lot around here was the fact that, um, you know, Aaron didn't have that mask on during the press conference because he tested negative and everybody in the, in the room either had a mask on or he test, they tested negative. So he thought the, the, the protocol was a little ridiculous because everybody was safe. And I really, um, I kind of, I kind of think of it as running a red light. If I come up to a red light and stop and there's nobody around in that red light, it's safe for me to go. Right. Well, no, it's still a violation because it's a rule and, um, you gotta follow it. So I don't care. It really bothered me that um, he thought he was, could like not follow rules because of what his beliefs are and, um, everybody should be okay with it. I was, um, 
also a little, uh, I don't know. I just, I felt like he was being awful whiny about feeling attacked and not supported. And it, it just brings me back to, um, what he did at the beginning of the year when he basically attacked the organization for not, um, listening to him. And, um, I was listening to a podcast and it was like, you know, Aaron, you got, you can't just walk in. Nobody can just walk into an organization and expect people to support you and, um, um, you know, help you through things. You got to build those relationships. And he hasn't, obviously it's really coming, becoming clear that he hasn't done a lot of that. Um, I don't know. I, I talked to quite a few Packer fans at length and I feel like, um, they're all in different spots. I kind of relate it to like the stages of grief. There's some people right. that are like in disbelief still. Some people are like really mad at him and like, I don't care if he comes back, you know, and some are like, oh, well, you know, they NFL did the right, you know, did, did the thing they, they find them, you know, let's move on, blah, blah, blah. I um, honestly feel like that because the, um, what was mentioned earlier about Cam Newton, the fact that Aaron's got to be like ecstatic that, you know, the spotlight is, is now off of him. Oh, Sorry. Well, we're glad we can help. We're glad we can help. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I think um, I really do think that people were hoping that Jordan Love would have had a better show or showing um, during the, that game. City game yeah yeah um but wow you know he's jordan love he, did okay in the fourth quarter and it, he, 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 did, he, he showed some signs of promise for you there he, he did he did show some signs but like people said this is the only film we have of him and i really do think people thought he was going to come out like um gangbusters like aaron did when brett Favre got hurt um right. and and he didn't but i i still i I think he still needs a fair shot. Um, I'm not. I'm not giving up on him yet. Um, do I think? Now, how how did you feel about the 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 two appearances uh, since we filmed the the, the podcast last week? Um, Aaron Rodgers has appeared twice on the Pat McAfee show, and I think that's where he kind of put the NFL in a spot where they had to do something, and they tried to mm -hmm. give him a slap on the wrist. Instead, it was almost. A, I don't know. It wasn't even that, you know. So no. in those two appearances. He spread more misinformation about the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Right. He quoted Martin Luther King uh, about objecting to rules that don't make sense. He referred to Joe Rogan or Dr. Joe Rogan as a medical reference. Uh, and, and the NFL looks really bad here because they fined C.D. Lamb 20000 for having his shirt not tucked in in the Dallas Cowboys game last week. And Aaron Rodgers got a fine of 14000 And I think somebody did a there was uh, some kind of a, a tweet where they said finding him $14,000 is like finding the average American $33 for an infraction. So mm -hmm. do, do you think that the NFL missed a chance here to send a message and say, we treat all of our players equally and we're taking this very, very seriously? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, they, they, and you can't back, you can't backtrack now. I mean, um, what's done is what do, what's done is done. The fine is there, but I don't think that, I think a lot of people are looking at it as, wow, 
you know, in a lot of other instances, be a superstar and you're going to, there's going to be leniency. Right now, if, if he comes back, which he probably is in the next game and he takes you guys on a winning streak and all the way to the playoffs and to the Super Bowl, is all forgiven or is there going to be, <laughs> uh, you know, chatter in the offseason about Aaron Rodgers leaving Green Bay? I mean, wh- where does the fan base fall on this? Because I know winning games makes you forget everything usually. So is it, is it Super Bowl or bust or, 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 or you know, wh- where are you guys at right now when it comes to Aaron Rodgers going into the future beyond this year? If he, if he comes back and, and we're winning games and we end up in the playoffs and, and get to the Super Bowl, he's going to be a hero again. I mean, right. he's, he's going to be, um, you know, he's going to, he's going to be the rock, the, the star that we, we've always known and loved and it, how easily things can be forgotten. Um, I don't know that. I don't, I don't think the chatter about him, will he return go away? I think once in the, once we get to the off season, that's going to be, that's going to be all you're going to hear which yeah. I don't know. It gets old. Do you think he comes back next year? I don't think he will. No. Mm-mm. This no. is it. I think okay. this is it. it. It'll be interesting to see the reception he gets at Green Bay on, on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's going to be a mixture of, of reactions. There'll be and a I... mixture until they win the game. And then yeah. it'll be cheers and cheers. And if he drives them down with 30 seconds to go and they win the game at the end, no one will ever care. Yeah. Now, you're Russell right. Wilson might be back for Seattle. So this might not be as easy a game for Green Bay as, uh, you know, as anticipated before, because I think he's clear to, to, to come back. So that might, that might make it an interesting game. If they do lose that game, I'm interested to see what the reaction will be. I think uh, this story is not over yet. Um, Dar- all right. You're, well, you're hoping it's um, not over, Mohammed, because, you know, you've got a bigger story. Yes. <laughs> Dar- <laughs> Darla, do you think what Aaron Rodgers did um, affected the organization? And look, in terms of the KC game, for example, they lost the game because he wasn't there. <clears throat> Let, let's face it, if he was there, they would have won. And had the NFL uh, given him further fines, let's say three, four, whatever, five games, that could have cost you the season. So yeah. from, from that perspective, you know, how do you feel about that? Like he, he, he could have cost Green Bay the season. It's for me, it's hard. It's hard to, it's, it's really hard to overlook that. But like, like you all, you all have agreed and have said, if he went, if he comes back and, and, and wins us games and gets us to the playoffs and, you know, gets to the Super Bowl, I don't like, that's going to be, it's going to be a memory. I mean, it's going to be something that's going to, people aren't going to, you know, hold on to. Well, I think the, the, the NFL still has their complicit in this. And I think there's, yeah. this is not going to go away. And any future infractions on the COVID rules and fines will be, there'll be a lot of scrutiny on those going forward. I, I did okay. read that some of the other owners are pretty unhappy with the way the NFL have dealt with this. And they, they see it as, uh, as Green Bay bias. I want to be careful what I say as a Bears fan. But, you know, there, there is some chatter amongst the owners that, they feel it's a little bit of a, a one rule for the Packers and one rule for somebody else. Right. So if it does happen to another organization, it'll be interesting to see how the NFL treat them. Yeah. 
All right. So from one superstar to another, let's segue to the Cam Newton signing. Cam Newton's fresh... a superstar. When did that? <laughs> well, he thinks he is. I he missed that one. Is. I missed. Uh, I'm being uh, sarcastic here. Uh, so an hour ago, we got the news that Carolina, the Carolina Panthers, have signed Cam Newton to a one-year deal, ten million dollars, four and a half million guaranteed, and one and a half million roster bonus. I, I can't believe this as a Carolina Panthers fan. Now I know he was very popular in Carolina and a lot of people will be celebrating this in, in Charlotte and, 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 and around there. I, I, I don't even know what to say, guys. It's, uh, it's like, it's like right now, if tomorrow Donald Trump is president again, it's if the, <laughs> Saddam Hussein came back to Iraq, you know, it's, it's one of the, it's not supposed to happen. We moved on. And this was this makes the the coaching staff and the front office look really bad. And I'm really interested to see how this came about because I have a feeling that this is from coming from the owner David Tepper, and he's trying to put these coaches in the position where he might be clearing house very soon. I, I, I it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't add up. Um, and the reason I say that is because I know that Matt Rule is a big fan of PJ Tucker. Uh, he coached him in, in Temple. He signed him off the XFL. And he said that, you know, competition was great around him. Um, they passed on Justin Fields in the draft because they put all their eggs in the Sam Darnold uh, uh, basket. Uh, so this doesn't make any sense. We, there was talk that, you know, we brought in Matt Barkley of the Tennessee practice squad. So to bring Cam Newton, people need to realize, you know, Cam Newton was great. He took us to the Super Bowl that one year. He ran. But now almost all of these new quarterbacks coming in are doing Cam Newton things. It's not something special anymore. And he's 32 years old. He was average at best throughout his career, taking away that one MVP year where he carried the team on his back and got us to the Super Bowl. In New England, 7-8 and eight record, 65% completion rate. And that was one of his best. He was always in the 50s with, with, with Carolina. Eight touchdowns, 10 interceptions during his time in New England. His QBR was at 47. This is not a good, great quarterback. This is not the answer. And when you get Cam Newton, you get baggage with him. You get the silly hats, as coach demonstrated, with the feathers. And you get the cigars. And you get his father weighing in every once in a while. We get the ego of him not wanting to be a backup. So I'd, I fail to understand what are we doing here and 10 million. So this shows desperation. This is nothing but desperation by the Carolina Panthers. And I think it's detrimental to the cohesiveness of the locker room, which is already fractured with Anderson, Robbie Anderson, very visibly kind of lashing out to Sam Darnold in the last, last few games. The last thing you want is to get a guy with such an ego like Cam Newton to, to impose himself in, in, in the locker room. And he, will he win us games? He'll win us games. But guess what? It will be enough games for us not to get to the, to the playoffs and enough games to get us behind in the order at the draft. So we won't get a good replacement at the draft because we will fall, fall behind. <clears throat> we won't get to the playoffs. It's a one-year deal. I, I, someone help me. Help me out. What do you guys see? I don't understand it at all. I genuinely don't. Anything better than Sam? It looks like the deal here. Well, Sam's Sam on, on IR. IR. Sam's he's on, on IR. IR. He's not playing. We don't have Sam anymore. But he's no. going to come back, what, three to four weeks, right? We still need somebody there. 
All right, he comes back. Cam Newton very vocally said he would never be a, a backup quarterback. So what happens when Sam Darnold comes back and they want to start him again and they tell Cam, all right, we want you to be the big brother to, to Sam Darnold now. How is that going to work out? This is not good. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let your words come back to haunt you. After week three, you, you made it a point to say, who's leading in touchdowns for my Carolina Panthers? He set all these records as rushing quarterback and touchdowns as a quarterback. Wasn't that you? I think, yes, it was. I was and a sucker to a, bad, we, to a very easy schedule, yes. But think, think in terms of what the offense has generated around in those first two weeks when they were winning. Bad schedule, good teams doesn't matter. That's really what that offense has morphed into with McCaffrey hobbled. Yes. Right. So then we go out and we get the best quarterback on the market. Ignore the name for a second. We get the best quarterback on the market that has the ability to run that type offense, which is what we've morphed into. And look, they're going to win three of their next four. Okay. They're going to lose to Arizona. So? And then, yeah, they're, they're going to beat Washington. They're going to beat the Dolphins. They're going to beat the Falcons. Yeah. So boy, then, I then, don't know. <laughs> I, I do. I think it is the name that's bothering you where when I flip it and put on my coaching hat, I see that particular skill set matching what Brady's trying to do with the offense until they can get McCaffrey back healthy. I don't know. I'm confused. I'm not very happy with this. I would have rather we got Matt Barkley started him. Lost a few games, got a good draft spot, got an O-linesman and a quarterback in the offseason and started all over again and decided what to do with these with these coaching staff because it's, I don't know. Uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, Ujita. <laughs> a little very bit of, quickly move on. <laughs> yeah, let's very quickly move on. Some signs of hope. Well, I don't know if there are signs of hope in the NFC East, but Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys had an embarrassing defeat to the Denver Broncos. It was a shutout up until... The fourth quarter, 30 points trailing. Um, Dak looked really bad. 19 for 39, 232 yards, two, two touchdowns and one interception. Is this a one-off aberrations or the beginning of trouble in, 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 in Dallas? Um, actually, the question that I'm really asking, should your three and six Eagles, you know, get a little bit excited about what's going on with the Dallas Cowboys? Or is this just a, a little bump in the road? Yeah, the, the, I'm more pissed off that Eagles couldn't finish off the Chargers game because then we'll be two games behind Dallas. So I'm right. more pissed off about that, you know. But look, I mean, I think around week six when we did this podcast, we talked about how Kellen Moore had um, built up this offense of Dallas. Really good offense, you know, uh, league leading, 152 yards on the ground, 303 on passing, and really top of their game. But, you know, you know, bam, comes uh, Denver. And they're just not ready for the game because, you know, you got to suit up, pad up and come with your barrels full for every game. And right. they did it. So, you know, Dallas started the game at nine and a half favorites uh, starting the game. So did they fool everybody or was it like, uh, like you said, did they stink up on the day? So I think for me, it's about a 20-60-20 split. Now, you might ask, what the hell is that last 20? 20, 60, 20. Okay, let's, yeah. let's do some math What the hell, All right, take what us the hell is that 20? That 20 is good old-fashioned arrogance. And that's what happened, right? So I'm not going to say Dallas is done. They aren't done because that's why I give them the 60 
on the stinked up on the day. Yeah. Right. 20, we got to look back and see, did they, they get exposed in certain areas? But the arrogance was more often, you know, it was like, hey, uh, we, we, beat a, we beat Minnesota with a backup quarterback last week. Uh, you know, we, we've got the people in the skills positions to really take this game. Dak isn't healthy, but let's bring him on because he'll do his thing. And they weren't really ready. And, and, and you know, up for Rick Fangio, um, the, the, the def- Denver defense really brought the game in. Uh, but that first opening drive or the first uh, drive of uh, Dallas really was like a prologue for the game, right? They went uh, the kickoff 40 to the Denver 47, but then they went uh, 10 yards. They had a field goal opportunity, which they didn't take. And right. they did this. They went on fourth, lost it on downs, did the same thing in the next drive. They could have been 6 nothing up, but what they end up doing, playing from behind. So right. they lost the run game. All right, which is their identity on offense, right? And then you have dual threat of Pollard and Elliott going for 78 yards uh, on the day, right? And I'm not even worried about the yards. It's actually the carries that I worry about, just 14 carries. Wow. So, yeah, so you didn't attempt. You kind of abandoned your identity, okay, because you had to go for passing because you're playing from behind all the time. And even the passing game, C.D. Lamb. I mean, the guy had nine targets, two catches. I don't know what it was. Maybe he didn't have his shirt tucked in. I don't know what the hell right. was going on. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, I mean, Dak was off. Definitely Dak was off. The O-line was off. Um, you know, Mike McCarthy is the weak link in this uh, coaching system. So he was off from the calling. I'm not going to put the full blame on him. Right, right. As, as, as players, you got to go and finish those plays. So there were some suspect calls, but it's not all on him. Um, and, then the, and then the 20 of which they were exposed, I would say, is the defense. You know, this defense has been playing on the coattails of the offense all this time because they've never had to play from behind. You know, um, last week, Van Der Esch, Parsons, they did their thing. They stopped Dalvin Cook. They've been doing their thing the whole time. Um, but they never had to play from behind. Then you got Trevon Diggs. He looks really good on the stats with his interceptions, but he's, he's a great cornerback, but he's not a shutdown cornerback, you know? So as many interceptions as he gets, he gets blown away and he gets tired on his side as well. Right. But look, the good thing is, you know, in terms of what happened with the Bills, KC, they've got real issues. I don't think Dallas has real issues emerging. I think it was just, the day it happened, everything was off. O-line, Dak, everything was just off. They were not ready. Denver was ready. They came, they played hard. and they really, Denver, they their played. defense was superhuman. Even after trading away Von Miller, they actually yeah, showed was, up. It was yeah, crazy. It, was, it was like, you know, the ghost of Von Miller, you know, whatever. They, <laughs> he took the bad karma right. out of the, the system. I mean, you got to give it up for Rick Fangio. I mean, it was a magnificent defense. So, look, uh, Dallas has the luxury of playing in an excuse of a division of the East. They're going to make, they're going to go through as fourth seed, maybe, maybe fifth seed. I don't know. Right. But yeah, look, it was a bump on the road, man. They got, not, they got Atlanta coming up. Let's see how they do with Atlanta. Atlanta with a surprise win over uh, uh, last week. Um, they, yeah. I mean, they, they know something was... about blowing leads, you know? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Let's let's segue over to 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 the Buffalo Bills. You mentioned them and the fact that they have real real problems. Now their anemic run has continued with 
a terrible game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, nine to six, that was excruciating to watch. Even in the highlights, uh, we didn't watch the whole game. Um, and they haven't been the same since they lost to the Titans. So they lost 31 to 34 to the Titans. Then they went on a bye week, came back, didn't look great against Miami, but got the win. Didn't look great against Jacksonville, but, but got the win. Josh Allen is hitting this, these interceptions, which is very uncharacteristic of him. Coach, what is going on in Buffalo? Do, can we really, despite the fact that they, you know, they're getting the, the wins now, can we kind of hold a stop sign here and say, say there, there's trouble, there's trouble? Uh, probably not, no. And the same really? for Dallas, maybe even the same for Cincinnati. Um, I think maybe since um, New England went on their undefeated run, pretty much, and I don't know the actual numbers, but two to three games a year, those type teams just lay an egg. They're just hard to get up. It's hard to do that for 18 weeks or six to now 19 weeks, counting the 17th game, even with the bye week. And sometimes you just have a bad week, both coaches, players, mentality, practice. And I think it just happens more than we're used to, right? Right. Um, and I think that's probably what's happened to Buffalo. I probably They probably took Miami light, lightly and didn't play well. Um, and then I thought they, I think they probably thought they would sleepwalk through Jacksonville as everyone else did. And look, but, hey, give Jacksonville's defense coordinator a lot of credit. And he matched, he matches up with them very, very well, uh, much better than I thought they would. Now, also, Buffalo's struggling with an identity. They don't have a run game to speak of. Right. Um, I think they're a little banged up on their offensive line. And I think that, um, until they can get some cohesiveness on offense, they're not going to score a lot of points. Um, right. No, but I, I think the, the, the schedule kind of is a lucky break for them to, to go through the slump because, you know, coming out of the bye, if Miami had the slightly better offense, they could have done something in that game and they could have pulled it off. Jacksonville, I mean, it was, you know, if they had just something on offense, they, they could have just pulled some, a field goal here and there. It could have caused trouble and they might have lost the game. And now they're going up against the Jets next week. So that's a lucky break to go Miami, Jacksonville, and then the New York Jets. I mean, that's as best time as you can get to, to, to go through that slump and still get some W's on the way as well. Yeah, and who would have predicted they would go, you know, two and one through those three games, right? So I think at this point, if they go two and one, they'll be ecstatic because they'll still be one of the top two seeds in the AFC. Yeah, yeah. Just imagine if the Jets won, though. Oh, if the Jets win this week, oh my God, Coach! You no, mentioned no. a couple of weeks ago that Caesar's Palace had the most profitable day ever. I, I can't remember what game that was. Big upset that that happened. That this so would be a, was, a similar one. So after Monday night's game, I was reading that Caesar's Palace had their most profitable week in the NFL in the history of NFL betting, including Super Bowls. With all the upsets. Wow. With that, all that the happened, upsets, right? all the low-scoring games, all of yeah. the good teams playing bad. Um, Seven out of 12 underdog wins. For the it, yeah. it, it, it makes you wonder. That, it, the the it, little it, hip it, check from the ref and the taunting, it makes you wonder. It, it really does make you wonder because there were so many weird results. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. and let's face it, Chicago winning in Pittsburgh would have been a weird result. 
Well, it, let me get to that because we've seen, we've seen, you know, you, you've seen an, an upset Green Bay Packers fan today. You've seen a, a devastated uh, Carolina Panthers fan today. You've seen a pissed off uh, Eagles fan today. Um, I'm not pissed off. I don't get pissed you, off. You just said you were pissed off. Anyways. I'm, I'm used to the shit. It's been 10 years. Rewind the tape. I'm, I'm fine. Mark has sat there throughout this whole time with a, with a silly grin on his face. And I just want to remind him that the refereeing decisions... Uh, went against the Chicago Bears uh, in, in, in Monday Night Football. And I just want you to re- relive those moments with us, Mark, and tell us what your thoughts are. <laughs> Hips don't lie. Hips don't lie. Hip check. I think it's fair to say at the time I was fairly upset and disappointed. Um, just a smidge. Uh, Tuesday was the worst. Absolutely. When you start re-watching stuff and, and you see some of the calls and you see TJ Watt taunting the Bears bench uh, and then you see our guy really just looking at the Pittsburgh guys and he gets thrown a flag for that. Uh, the hip flex from the ref, the disallowed touchdown, uh, the shady calls, the, the missed call on the winning field goal by Pittsburgh, where they were lined up offside. You know, how, do you want me to go on? The bottom line is, yeah, Chicago lost the game. But I do believe football was the loser overall because the refereeing was so bad and so blatant. It's not only been Chicago fans that have been calling it out this week. It's been football fans calling it out. Right. And the NFL, again... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not very happy with what they did with Green Bay. I think that was awful. But they've backed up their referee crew and they've said everything was wonderful. And it seems that the NFL organization is in a bubble at the moment. And if they're not careful, they're going to ruin this wonderful game. And yeah. that's what concerns me. And I think it concerns a lot of other football fans. Do we have a, a, a class system in the NFL where you have yes. the aristocrats, yes, yes, the New yes. England Patriots, Absolutely. the Green Bay Packers, sorry, Darla, and the, uh, and the Pittsburgh Steelers? Absolutely. And the Dallas Cowboys, yeah. I would say, would fall into that bucket. And then there's everybody else. Yeah, I'm not sure the Steelers kind of fall in there. I think that was, you know, that was all to do with the betting stuff. But that's another story. But yeah, um, I, I well, do. Feel Mike Tomlin was tripping up some wide receivers a couple of seasons ago. Come Let's on, not forget exactly. that. And he did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're clean, aren't they? So, no, I, yeah, I, but he did it with swagger. All right. Give with him swag. That. Yeah. He looked with good swagger. doing it. Yeah. He looked good doing it. <laughs> I, I do think football was the loser on, on Monday night. I really do. And uh, the, the, the thing that I've been hanging on to all week is that Bears have finally got a quarterback. Um, some of the stuff that he did was awesome. First half, the Bears were awful. Um, I was kind of live texting with Dala during the game and we were texting also through the Green Bay game, which was interesting. Um, but then in the second half, and particularly in the fourth quarter, I thought Justin Fields was fantastic. Uh, he certainly looks better in a Bears uniform than he would in a Panthers uniform, so that's cool. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, my overriding thing is going forward, I think we're going to be fine. But okay. the referee was awful. <clears throat> the referee was awful. All right. Now, another surprise that we had last week was the Cleveland Browns and their kind of uh, big statement win over the Cincinnati Bengals, 41 to 16. And this was the first game that they had without Odell Beckham Jr., um, who was released uh, uh, during last week. And you saw that, you know, Baker Mayfield was playing a lot more freely. 
coach, do you think that that's the OBJ effect? Uh, I do. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I, I think there are certain types of pressures on quarterbacks when you have those type receivers where you, you just really feel like you have to get them the ball. Um, and I think when you get the relationship that happens in Green Bay, it's wonderful. And then when you get the relationship that, that's happening in Cleveland, it's horrible. And it probably costs you some games. So I do. I think, yeah, they talk a good game. And probably in the um, film rooms and in the locker room, it's probably just fine. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I thought it was interesting. And I think I pointed it out from OBJ's dad's video. Right. Um, what he left out was all the times that he forces the ball to him in double and triple coverage so that he can get targets. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I do think it's an OBJ effect. I, I will be extremely interested to see where this guy ends up and then how it ends up. Do you right. want him in Green Bay, Dala? Yeah, that was going to be my question. Is there Go space ahead. for the ego of Odell Beckham Jr. in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers' ego taking up all the space right now? <laughs> no, no. It's not something think, the fans would like to see. Huh? I don't think it would be a good move. I'd like to see it. Really? Yeah, yeah I'd like to see his ego. Because, listen, Adams doesn't have an ego. Um, right. none of, the majority of the other people don't. Even Cobb, he's a pretty humble guy. Um, right because he takes up so much airspace where OBJ has an ego. Yeah. Right. He has no problem telling you about his ego. And so I, I think it would be an interesting dynamic. I don't think it'll ever happen um, personally. So now where's, where's Odell Beckham going to end up then? Kansas? Oh, just bring him over to Carolina. I mean, we, we seem to be just uh, shopping, uh, you know, no, he, he wants to play for a winning now. franchise. He wants to play for a winning oh, okay. franchise. <laughs> <laughs> not a good day for you, Mohammed. <laughs> so he's, so he's, the he's not the better. Then he's not going to Chicago. He's not going to Philly. He's not no. going to Carolina. He's not going to Houston. No. So that's what you're saying. Yeah. I think he's going to end up no, in Kansas. I, I, I don't want him in Philly. You don't want a, a somewhat rookie quarterback having to deal with that ego. With 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 the with the rookie wide receiver set there, I don't want him there. No, nah, that's terrible. I don't want him in Chicago. Who yeah. wants him? You know, that's that's the amazing thing. So I read I I read a dark horse article today about if because he's waiting until after Sunday to pick mm. his team that if Indy wins the game, that that's where he will end up because they mm. have the ability. One, they're hurting in their wide receiver. Two. Um, Frank Reich at some point has some kind of relationship with him. I don't know where that would be. Um, and they have, they have enough cap room that can handle the rest of his salary, depending upon how he signs it and then how much they want to agree of roster bonus to salary and such. So that's their dark horse at the moment. If they win. If they win. Um, Yujita, we also saw another surprise with the Titans beating the Rams uh, as well. Are the Titans okay without Derrick Henry? I think uh, we've seen a lot of, you know, from the coaching, from the way that they um, control the game, that they might be okay. They might still be in contention. What do you think? Oh, yeah, for sure. Look, I mean, um, the Rams game was all about the defense. That, um, you know, that front defense line is, is big. It, it hurried Stafford. It made Stafford do stuff we haven't seen from him before. So I think Tennessee is, is okay. They did running by committee. It wasn't a much of a run game, 
But right. I think Tannehill also showed, look, he can do some stuff. Uh, it wasn't a great game. Honestly, it wasn't a fantastic game on offense for Tennessee, if you looked at the watched the game. But for some reason, the Rams were just confused on offense. So the, the Tennessee defense really won this game for them. I mean, they brought some looks where Staffers was so confused to push the O-line back on him. Uh, and, and really, he had no time. I think he was hurried like 15th. It was sacked about five times, I think, in that game. Right. Hurried about 10 times, a lot of pressures. Um, and, and that wasn't a Matthew Stafford game. So I think Tennessee is looking good. They, they've gone, uh, what well, is now, four, four straight underdog games now to first seed in the AFC. So funny things happening, right? Cincinnati were seed one. Now they're out of playoff contention all of a sudden. Right, right. So, yeah, like crazy stuff's happening. But I think Tennessee's okay. And coach called, uh, called it well, man, for, the, for, for them to get to the Super Bowl. I think so. It looks good so far. Hey, before you get away from the Tennessee game, sorry, Dollar, I didn't mean That's to interrupt. Okay. That's um, right. They ran the model blueprint from the Super Bowl of New England versus um, the Rams a few years ago. Almost ah. identical defensive looks and fronts. And so I think that gives more fuel to Mark's credence of Stafford is the weak point, right? He's not that I, much better in golf. Um, I think he is a little better than golf, but if you is. go and watch the Super Bowl – and how that defense did it, and then watch the Titans run almost the exact same thing in game planning and looks and shifts and dropping into coverage, exact same thing happened. I don't know. I, I'd have to disagree with Mark's take because you know, he, he, he's got, he got conditions, conditioned to see the uh, Detroit Matthew Stafford, right? And I think you're being too harsh on him, Mark, when you say that, you know, he's, uh, he's the weakest link in, 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 in that. Uh, Ash Gala. <laughs> now, you know, both of us have seen Matthew Stafford for the last 10 years, playing in the North, playing against various teams. Dala, what's your thought on Matthew Stafford? I think he's, I think he's gotten awful lucky in a lot of games that he's won, that they've won. I don't, I think he's. Wow. Listen, Matthew Stafford, okay. He's come, he's come to a new system. And look at how he's adjusted. He's in the MVP conversation. No, and no, no, he, Yes, no, he is. No. Yes, he no. is. Tell me no. top five. Tell no. me top five MVP conversation. No. Tell me top five. No. Give me top five. No. Give me top five right no, now. I'm just talking listen. about Matthew Stafford. He's not. Listen. No. I, 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 I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm not saying uh, that he's terrible no. or that he's, he's an MVP candidate. I would say no. he's somewhere in the middle there. But he's, he's good enough to take them to a Super Bowl. That's Listen, for sure. If he, he comes, he, if he, wait, Dallas. if he, if he, if Matthew Stafford is because is the MVP, I will come on this show and wear a, a Bears cap the entire show. Wow! I'm gonna, wow. I'm gonna hold you to that. I'm gonna hold okay. you to that. <laughs> All right. Listen. Listen to me. All right. Uh, now you got me rooting for Matthew Stafford. He, <laughs> he, he's coming working in a new system. And he, he has the top stats for the QB at the moment. QB's top stats. But forget about all that. He's met people like Cooper Cup look good. There's no better QB on man coverage than Matthew Stafford. Okay, now in look at the numbers. Don't take my word for it. At Detroit, he's, not he even, he's not even the best quarterback in the NFC West, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. You're, it's just nonsense. This is nonsense. He, he, it is. I, check out his stats. He, okay, he had great Look at stats how he plays. It's the big plays with Stafford. That's I've yeah. said it for yeah. the last Hot 10 take. years. 
he, he's great in garbage time. He's great against in certain situations. When it comes down to it, he will lose you the game. And we've seen it for years. He's, whatever he's done in the last eight weeks, he's, he's the reason why the Rams are there. No. McQuay and him. No. Listen, Cooper, Listen. The, way, the way he's putting hey, lasers to Cooper Cup. Gita, I was on your side until you made it too hard for me, but let no. me try will, to support will, you. Let me will, try to hold support on. you. Will, will Mark wear a Green Bay hat if he wins the MVP Absolutely. for a whole show? Absolutely. All right. Let's go. Swapsies. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I will wear a white top hat. I am not going to be rushing to the shops <laughs> to the get a green game. beige. You do hat. not need a reason to wear that hat, coach. You've been wearing it all day. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying he's going to get the MVP, but I'm saying top five MVP no. candidates. No. no. Give me I, the top five then. Give me the top I, five right I think now. he's good enough to take them to the Super Bowl. That's for sure. I don't think he's the weak link in, 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 in the Rams, he's not, not by a distance. Link. But I don't think he's an MVP candidate either. I'm, I'm trying to kind of keep it somewhere in the middle. Give me, All right. Coach, give me five top five candidates right now. Go. For who? MVP. MVP. Um, Kyla Murray, number one. Mm -hmm. Probably not even close if I was a betting man. I think Dak is probably number two, um, even with their loss last week. Right. I think that um, Stafford is probably in the top five. I wouldn't say he's going to be good enough to win it. Brady's probably in the top two or three, truthfully. Rogers has um, to be there. Yeah, same. And Aaron Rodgers. So, Derrick Henry would have been there had he not gotten injured. So Derrick Henry, if he doesn't get hurt, um, but I think Rodgers hurt his candidacy until he wins three or four in a row, which he which they're going to do yeah. if you look at their schedule. And I mean, they play in the North by by all means, and that's a horrible division. Nice. Right. Easy for them, let's be honest. So he's yeah, in the top five. That's all I'm saying. He's in the top five. No, he's not. I, I, I disagree. Well, I agree. coach agreed with you when he started listing them. So that's um, exactly that's, what I'm saying. Okay, Yujira, you go up against Denver Broncos very quickly. How does that go? Oh, I'm looking Ooh. forward to seeing Jalen Hurts all over the floor. Baby. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, is scary. it is scary, but I gotta say, I mean, I like. I like what they're doing differently right now. The run games come up all of a sudden. Um, it looks like they've got actual run game designs going on. Uh, they can't be doing that forever. But again, going up Denver run defense. It's going to be scary, but we got to keep close with uh, Dallas. I mean, hopefully it's not a bump in the road, like, like right. I said. <laughs> and uh, we keep it close. But yeah, looking forward to the game, but it's going to be a tough one. Okay. And now before I wrap up the show, I just want to kind of share with you guys some of the ridicule that's been coming my way since the Cam Newton news. So let me read to you a message I got from our friend Marco. Hi, Marco. Good job signing Cam Newton. I see the price tag was hefty, but competition to sign him must have been really strong. I hope the Bank of America stadium turf is strong enough to withstand every third down pass. He will spike five yards short of his intended receiver. Foxborough was a potato field by the time he was done with the Patriots. Good old but at least the worry is just for the first 50 yards. It is unlikely he will ever venture into the opponent's half. So this is what I have to go with, Coach, the best available quarterback that we've just picked up. Anyways, with that, on that note, let me wrap up the show. Darla, thanks for coming back and giving us the Green Bay Packers perspective. Thank guys, you, Darla. It's been an amazing episode, and we'll see you guys on Saturday night for the Pick 6 segment. Thanks, guys. Matthew Stafford, everything. Thanks Let's for go. having me. <laughs> Good to see you, Darla.